Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about the latest happenings in pop culture to make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. This week, we'll be talking about Sophia Franklin's new podcast and our review of the new Netflix show, Emily in Paris. Let's discuss. We are in Audrey's car. Oh my god, I'm already fucking too loud. You guys, like, she's like yelling at me. I'm like, I'm fucking right here. We're we're in a car because we were in Audrey's workspace, her office, but th- we couldn't hang with the echo. It just wasn't working. It was really bad. And like for the one time that we're gonna be in the same room together, like I'm not going to. We like, need it to be good. Yeah, I'm not gonna put you through that. Like this yeah. is truly the best it's ever gonna be. Yeah. Unless, it's like, all one day you can just, like, stop working because it's stupid and, like... Well, I, I have stopped working because I'm unemployed. True. Yeah, so I... So why don't you, like, live here? I don't So understand. maybe you can, like, move to New York. Mm, let's talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> but now we're in um, a RAV4 and I am literally pressed against the driver's seat window <laughs> because we were testing the audio and my voice is just so loud. She... Her voice carries. And, and, it, and it's beautiful and I'm... I love that about you. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe we should roll down the window and I'll stick my head out. <laughs> or I could just stand outside in the rain and like poke my head in. It's fine. Yeah. But I guys, just can't get too excited. We have officially been together. I mean, okay, so let's see. We met an hour ago. And since then, <laughs> we were dealing with the echo issues. We were dealing with how to like actually, so we both brought our microphones, but like we've never recorded in the same room together. Like, we just use Zoom, which honestly fuck Zoom because we're realizing how much, like, more optimal of an experience this is. Yeah, now we hate Zoom. I know. But Zoom is on the wrong side just- as of today. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, oh, we're, we're going to find another platform because now that we've, like, tested this, we can't go back to our old ways. We'll I mean, we're, go- we're going to. We are, we are going to, but, like, agree. <laughs> but, like, we're going to hate every second of it. Yeah. We won't be happy about it. I'm really upset over it. Yeah, me too. Holy! Bye, we're together. You guys, I have to say, during the intro, <laughs> listening, like hearing Audrey's voice in person, like it was good. <laughs> it it hit different. Like I don't know, it just it felt right. Everything feels right. I'm going to be spending this entire time like interrupting you because we don't have that luxury. I know when we're on Zoom. I know we could actually that makes do me that. So sad because that's like the best part of a podcast, and we don't have that. And yeah. I. I'm so excited to interrupt you all day long. There's going to be a lot of overlap. And we have we are so excited because we've been looking forward to doing an episode in person for so long. But the tea, the tea, the tea has been so weak. We were like, you know, regardless of what the topics are, like we're just excited to be in person. But we literally could not be more excited about the topics that we have to discuss today. Like it's just going to be a great episode all around because of the tea and because we're in person. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So okay, we gotta get started Let's get because started. oh my god, there is a lot to discuss. Yeah. And let me just say, like, I we plan to do an extremely comprehensive review of Sophia with an F's um, new podcast because there you guys, are you guys. The call her daddy drama is the reason why for me, like, that yeah. was the straw that broke the camel's back 
when I texted Emily and I was like, we need to start a podcast. It not, was. Okay, let me make that clear. Not because we thought we could enter into the market now that Collar Daddy was gone. <laughs> it was definitely never our intention. But no. it's situations like the Call Her Daddy drama that make me so... Like, I love talking about these things. Yes. Because... I love talking about, like, we talked about this in our very first episode, like, the human aspect of it all. Yeah. I have so many thoughts. Oh, my God. I am, like, bursting with excitement to talk about that. And we did our first, like, practice episode on the Caller Daddy drama, and you guys have never yes. heard that because it was absolute trash. That's but, BTS. Yeah, but now, like, <laughs> this is our first time actually getting to, like, debut our Caller Daddy thoughts, so. Okay, so, but, but before we get into that yeah. and all the other tea, we're going to start with the question of the day, as we always do, and because we're together... In person, the last time I saw Emily was a few months ago, like, super briefly. Yeah. It was, like, in corona times, she... We're still in corona times. We're still in corona times, but I'm just saying, like, the last time we saw each other was, in fact, in corona times. Yes, true. Um, But she had come to visit her boothing, Mm -hmm. and she... I was, like, on my way to go to Seattle, but I, like... Yeah, you were leaving. I know, but I hung back, and she came over, and we, like, hung out at her old... Her old house, my current house... Or my previous... Okay. What? Don't worry about it. Don't <laughs> worry about it. used to live in together. Yes. Yeah. And um, I told her I couldn't hug her because yeah. of Corona times. I didn't... I'm not hugging her today either. We did not hug today. No, because we're being safe. Yeah. Um, long story short, we didn't get to hang out that much yeah. during that time. And this is like feeling good. She's here for a longer time. We get to hang out with our other roommate, Nadia, on Monday. And we're going to all get lunch. So... On a side street right now, but people are definitely like, what is going on in that it's vehicle? It's fine. I think, okay. they were, I think the people that just walked by were proud of us. They were like, They're good like, for them. Oh my God. Like, yeah. yeah, good for them. Anyways, question of the day is, what did you miss about the other person? So I'm going to say what I missed about Emily. Now that we've been together and I'm already just feeling all the feelings. I know. So, do you want to go or do you want me to go? It's a huge bird. Um, <laughs> I, you go first. Because as soon as Audrey came up with that question, she was like, I have an answer. And I was like, yeah. oh my god. Mine is that you make me laugh so much. Oh my god. Oh my god, am I going to cry? But actually, like, I don't laugh that much. Especially these days. In so, these it's really nice Aww. to just be giggling. And it's just really hard to, like... Like, I want to laugh with you on Zoom, but it's just different because... If I laugh, then you start to cut out. And I'm like, and my so internet be- is always on the yeah. wrong side. So yeah. we can never like have that genuine reaction. Yeah. yeah. So that's a cute answer. Mine is that um, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but like our body language, <laughs> like we, I, that sounds really creepy. But like, even when I first came in the room, like we were watching this YouTube video on how to get the mics on GarageBand and there was like an ad with an intro song and we both immediately were just like dancing, like doing the exact same like dance moves. And I just feel like we have always been on the same wavelength on just like energy, okay, I guess. Okay. And I- I have to hop off, or hop off. I have to hop off the screen. <laughs> I have to, I have to um, add on to that though, because that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't do that with everybody, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like make everybody else feel bad. Yeah. You just have a particular quality that like brings that out of me. Yeah. Which is just so nice. Like, it's just nice to have friends like that, and yeah. I have other friends that mellow me out, and those yeah. friends are great too. But I just, I value that. Yeah. In we our did, friendship. We do dance a lot. We just move a lot. Like There's a lot of movement. Yeah. And we, even when we live together, like every <laughs> night we would brush our teeth together mm-hmm. and just be like. We would be vibing. Vibing in the bathroom every night. Because my Oral-B Sonicare makes like a, a humming tone. It had so, a beat to it. So we would get down and funky. So fresh. check out our SoundCloud after this. <laughs> after this. Okay. Those were cute answers. I'm happy about that. Yeah. 
Okay, we just need to dive right in because we have been talking all morning how excited we are to recap this. So our first big story of the day is we're going to be talking about Sophia Franklin's brand new podcast and the first episode that launched yesterday. So, after almost five months of silence following the very public friendship breakup between Sophia Franklin and Alex Cooper, Sophia announced this week that she was to launch the first episode of her podcast, Sophia with an F, and that she was going to be spilling all the tea. Well, spill the tea she did, but the question is, did it actually help her case? So Audrey and I are going to be doing an extremely comprehensive breakdown of the tea that was spilled right now. And I just have to say, I need to preface a few things, first of all. So first of all, if you don't know the story, it's way too complicated for us to explain now. Um, And I would say, personally, the most important thing, if you're trying to catch up, is to watch Alex Cooper's video. I think it's called The Truth About Call Her Daddy or something. And it's like 30 minutes and she's sitting in front of the, the camera and she explains everything. And that was her kind of telling her side of the story. There's other men, there's other like pieces of the story, like um, times where El President, Stool Presidente would like post shit. There was a time when Sophia posted a couple things on Instagram, but I think from what I'm basing my opinions off of is back then when Alex Cooper posted that video, like that gave us all of all the information that was to me the most relevant because it was coming from Alex and Sophia never responded until now. So I think Alex posted that video in like April ish and Sophia has not like really said a word or spoken her piece until right now. So I'm super fucking stoked because we get to finally hear Sophia's side of the story, whereas in the past, it was really only Alex's side of the story, um, which was extremely comprehensive. Like, everything she said was really hard to argue with because, and we'll get into it, but what we're going to do is play kind of, like, the 10 minutes where Sophia gets really, really into it on her podcast, and then we're going to kind of live respond to it because I think that's the best way to, like, capture all of her points, Okay. And let me just say, I looked up the truth about Call Her Daddy, Alex Cooper's video, and it was in May, whatever, but it has three million views. And that's just on one, because it's on two channels. Yeah, this it's is on just the Barstool on the Call channel. Her Daddy Oh, shit. Channel. I think it's on three, ch- it might be on three channels. On her personal Call Her Daddy and Barstool. Yeah, it's on at least two. So on just this one video, it has three million views. I feel like that's important to include in there, but let's get to Sophia. Wait, so what day was that posted? May 22nd. Okay, that's important because, um, what's her face, Sophia? talks about specific texts and, like, months. Yeah. So May 22nd is when Alex, like, says her piece. Okay. Good to know. Yep. Okay, let's get started. At a very, very basic level, what happened is we were renegotiating our contract. And during this renegotiation, there were some real problems happening behind the scenes, both in business and in friendship. And I want to first start with business, which... I know as a woman, it is not my place to talk about business, but if you will please allow me to. Okay. (laughs) This is, I mean, this is going to get, I just have to start, I have to start by saying this. I think that each of these women have their opinions. And let me just take a stance right now because I have my stance. I'm on Team Alex. We're on Team Alex. 100% same. Now, that being said, I don't think that Sophia is sitting here and lying her face off. Like, I just think that Sophia has a version of truth of her truth. Alex has a version of her truth. Still, Presidente has a version of her truth. But when it comes to this statement, it's like, and I just want to preface because this is my opinion. I've listened to this little portion like three times over. 
this has nothing to do with being a man or a woman to me. And I am all fucking about the feminist fucking movement because 100% do women get treated differently than men in the workplace. 100% do women get paid um, like less advantage. You know what I'm trying to say. They get less benefits. They get less pay. Like that's not a a question. Yeah, the disadvantage is real. That's not what we're arguing against. this is the business decisions that she made were fucking insane. Yeah. They were fucking insane. She was asking for all of these, um, what is it? She was asking for the IP. The IP. She was asking for more money. She was asking for 20% something of the alcohol, all of this shit. When it comes down to it, the reason that Call Her Daddy was as successful as it was is because Barstool found them. Yep. And gave them a platform and had the resources to give them their ad money, their ad partners, give them alcohol shit, give them merch. All the merch. Give them um, advertising yep. that, that Barstool invested in. There's a reason <laughs> that the terms of the contract were what they were because yeah. it was an investment for Barstool. There was just as much a chance that they could have failed. Yeah. And Barstool would lose that money that they invested into them. So her expectations of this negotiation were actually insane. Like yes. it's it, like nobody it's annoying that she starts off with this because she's acting like, "Oh, god forbid that I tried to renegotiate or like negotiate my deal blah blah blah." It's like nobody's mad at you for that. Like you have every right to try to go in and talk to your boss about like, "Hey, I'd like to take another look at this now that we've been in this business for a while and we've launched this many episodes and we've gotten this many more listeners blah blah blah." But it's the terms that she was negotiating that pissed everybody off. And I think it's clear that, uh, fuck, what's his actual name? Dave Portnoy? Yes, Dave Portnoy. I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) still presente. I I just can't say that. Um, It's clear that he was open to renegotiating the terms too. Yeah, he admitted that. Yeah. And I, and I think that makes sense. Like, why would you? Of course they have value. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to negate their value. Like, obviously they, they had proven their value. Yeah. But- why on earth would somebody who owns their IP say, yeah, here, go ahead and take it? Like, how is that advantageous for Barstool? It makes no sense. So no sense. We'll get into it. Let's let's continue. But horrible beginning. On horrible Sophia's beginning. Part. And first of all, she's clearly reading off of a script. Oh, she- I... That, sorry, that's loud again. I... That was my biggest takeaway from this entire episode. It sounded so fake, so script-like. You could tell that she was just so nervous. She was reading so slow. She was taking so many pauses. Yeah. And no shame off of reading off a script. Actually, like, that's the other thing that I want to get to later. Yeah. Um, I think if you have a script and that makes your pod better, that's great. Um, but this just didn't make her pod better. Like, I'm not trying to shame her for having a script. I just think it it didn't work. Like, she didn't come off as organic. No. She came off super... I don't want to say calculated because I know that's, like, shitty, but... But she did. And it's like, yeah, I I don't have anything against the script, but at least it sounded like this was the first time she had read through the script. Yeah. It's like, you got to at least get comfortable with it. That way you know when to take the pauses and that way you know how to make it flow better. Like, it was horrible. Also, there were a couple times where she had, like, a little stinger. Yeah. You know she, like, took time. She took the time to write the thing about the Polly Pockets. We'll get to it. Yeah, We'll get to it. Okay, continue. Uh, Ahem. Now, for legal reasons, let's just speak in hypotheticals. And my apologies if this is wordy, but it's actually quite simple. Let's discuss this made-up alternate universe. And in this world, there is a big show that makes $10 million a year on the low end. Most likely more. And I 
being that I am worthless and replaceable piece of shit was taking home about 4% of that. Now, to put this into perspective, podcasts of that magnitude, for the most part, make 70 to 80% of their profits. There is an industry standard like there is in any fucking industry, and we were making far below that. Emily, what's 4% of 10 million? It's only $400,000. Oh, oh, no! <laughs> Poor Sophia! Oh, my God. I have to laugh. I, you know what? You know what would have helped her? Like, I can't. I'm so... Okay, here's my thing. Here's my thing. If she hadn't mentioned that it was a $10 million podcast, if she was just like, oh, I was only making 4%, 4% yeah. I would have given her a little sympathy there. But the fact that she said, it's a $10 million podcast, and I was only making 4%, I just calculated it. And when this number popped up, I'm like, sorry, but I do not have a sliver of sadness to give to you. And I mean, okay, and okay, so let's let, let me play devil's advocate. If I'm thinking of Sophia perspective where she's like four percent i mean that's a small number and if you are bringing in ten million dollars and you're only making four hundred thousand like okay okay i can see that so i'm trying to understand like where do you get to the point where it's not a conversation of like i need more just more money like i do you know what i'm trying to say like why was it like i need the ip i need 20 percent more alcohol i need 20 20 percent merch yeah i'm just i think there are some some there's some confusion there but it was very again it was very clear that Portnoy was super open to renegotiating their deal and also Alex had mentioned in her video back in May that they have like a base rate Mm -hmm. and they were making far above that because of how they were performing yeah and they were able to renegotiate their contract after like a year like at the top of every year whatever you can renegotiate your contract So, like, it comes back to Alex's points that she was making, which is, like, you never wanted this contract to be... You never wanted to stay in this partnership. Yeah. Because you were asking for unreasonable points in your contract. You had already decided back in May, once Suitman was shopping around and you thought that you could make all $10 and we could split it 50-50 or whatever, like, you had made your decision. There was no coming to any kind of compromise. And also, if they had left Barstool, or even if they had just never been with Barstool in the first place, it never would have been a $10, $10 million podcast. Exactly. Never. Exactly. So. And, and Sophia needs, like, there's no recognition of that on Sophia's side, and also yeah. not even Alex's side. And you could also venture to say that, like, also from the perspective of Portnoy, he was seeing Alex and Sophia as a team. Like, he had no idea that Sophia was sort of driving these, like, unreasonable asks. Yeah. So I can... So... And that's reflected in the way that he was talking about that up until the point where Alex said, I'm negotiating my own deal because this is, like, getting fucked, which is why... Which is... This becomes important because Sophia makes the point later in this podcast, this was a calculated move to get me kicked off of the podcast. No. Not at all. And the way that things were panning out, because we were all following live when this was happening, Dave was like, these bitches are fucking crazy. (laughs) Dave was so over them. (laughs) Okay, let's continue. Everyone knew it. Our employers knew it. Our coworkers knew it. Our agents and lawyers knew it. (sighs) Now, to everyone listening... I want to ask you a question, and let's really put our thinking caps on. 
If a man walked into his boss's office requesting to be fairly compensated, would he be labeled as greedy? Really chew on that for a second. Okay, I've, I've chewed on it. I, I chewed and then I spit it out. Yeah, because it tasted really bad. And it's bad. trash. She's trash. <laughs> it's like, again, she keeps using these words, you know, lazy and greedy. And it's so frustrating because nobody is calling her that because of... Asking for... Asking for more money. Being fairly compensated. Yeah, like, nobody is saying that. Like, she got these labels based off what Alex said she was trying to renegotiate. Like, asking for the entire IP. Like, yes. nobody is saying, nobody oh, Sophia... Said she's being greedy, but... Yeah, like, oh my god, I can't believe you tried to get more money. Like It was fully backed by line items of reasoning on Alex's side. Yeah, on and the contract. Alex never once, I watched her video back today, never once referred to her as any of those negative things. No. The way that Alex tells the story is fully how I feel, which is like these are two pe- pe- like two sides of an uh, issue that they're never going to agree on. Yeah, and I believe that I'm right, and Sophia believes that she's right, and so this isn't going to work out. But it was never like I'm right, Sophia's wrong, I'm good, Sophia's bad. It was never that. It was just like this isn't never going to work, so I had to like take my future into my own hands and like make the decision to move forward without her because yeah. I no longer felt trust that we were on the same page and that yeah. I wasn't going to get screwed out of my career. It just pisses me off, like, this part especially because I'm like, don't even try to bring in, like, if a man had done this because, like, we need to save that for actual issues at hand. Like, that yes. was not a factor in this drama. It was never a factor of, oh, my God, I can't believe this woman went and asked for more money. That was never what people were mad about. So It, it was just... what you were asking for. Yes. And it was what her name and the way that she went about it behind everybody's backs and yeah. like with Suitman. So I'm like, stop trying to make this a f- like a feminism issue because it's not. It's not. And even Portnoy had said he he released a video earlier today where he's like, I have people walking, busting down my door every single day asking for a raise. Yeah. It's what you were asking for that was like unbelievably out of bounds. Like it yeah. was incredible. Why would I give you the IP? Yeah. So it just pisses me <laughs> off that she's like, if a man had done this, I'm like, okay, well let's talk about that then. If a man had asked for the entire IP from Barstool Sports, it would still be labeled as greedy. So that's not an yeah. argument here. Although I don't know if it would have been aired out the same way. Definitely. Yeah. But, but that's not, that's, 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 yeah. Okay, let's continue. continue. No, <laughs> he wouldn't. He would be labeled as a knowledgeable businessman, not a greedy, ungrateful bitch. oh god but seriously if it makes me greedy that i knew i deserved more than four percent for a show that i not only poured my heart and soul into but exposed every intricate detail about my mental emotional and sex life on a weekly basis then you can kindly call me the greediest fucking bitch to walk planet earth seriously Bury me with my Polly Pocket playset and my Barbies and the one Chanel bag I own. The one Chanel. All of that shit with me. I know my. Okay. The Polly Pockets. (laughs) I. You know she wrote that down. She was like. She thought she was doing something. Twist the knife, baby. She really thought she was doing something with that. I. This is the part part of listening to this where I was like, why are you yelling at me? Yeah, she was getting heated here. And I get it, but I'm like, this is just, this is where it started to crumble for me because this is where I started to feel like, okay, um, again, like I understand 
that Sophia, like, in terms of this whole situation, I feel differently than Sophia does. Like, if I were in Sophia's place, I wouldn't have done this the same way, which is why I just resonate with Alex more. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are on Sophia's side and have reasons to feel more that she is right than Alex or whatever. But this is where it started to crumble and I'm like, okay, this was a bad move on your part. Now I'm feeling like you look like this disgruntled, you know, ex-employee, you, everybody has moved on. There's also the idea of like, hello, like we're not, you know, nobody cares anymore about this. Like it would have been, I'm like, of all the things you could have done, I think you could have said your piece, um, but the way that you're doing it, it's not like coming with facts. It's like pure emotion. Whereas like Alex's was, here's what happened. Here's the timeline. I wrote every single thing down. I took notes. Here's my feelings. Never once shot on Sophia. Like she never once said a negative thing about Sophia. The only thing she ever said in that video was Sophia was over here and I was over there. Yeah. And like that's, and so that is what led me to make these decisions that she probably is going to feel like she was backstabbed or whatever. And it makes it, it makes Sophia look even worse because Alex was so calm right when the drama, like it was heat of the moment. Like it was everywhere and she was still calm. And now it's been five months and she comes in like, talking like this and like yelling at everybody and we're like whoa 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 like it would have been so much better if she could have said you know I took some time apart from it I needed to calm down I needed to deal with that I'm sure she was dealing with a ton of shit I'm not trying to discount that but I'm like if she had just come into this podcast being like here's my side here's what happened I would have taken it a lot better but she is literally screaming at us right now it's like dude have this conversation with Alex it's almost like it's just some of these things everyone doesn't need to feel the burden of that anger. Yeah. Like, but I understand on the other hand, like I, I get that she, this is truly her truth. I don't think that Sophia is sitting here calculating every single move she's making. I think she's just going with her like instinct of what she wants to do. And I just think it's backfiring. It I think is. it was a bad decision. Yep. Okay. Let's continue. Worth. Ladies, never let a man or anyone bully you into thinking you deserve less. Never let another woman twist a narrative because they were too weak to stand up for themselves. I need to stop there because that's exactly the opposite of what happened. Alex didn't, to me, didn't twist the narrative. She told her narrative, which is fair. And she did it so that she, she was speaking for herself. She was standing up for herself when she decided to come out and make that video, when she decided to say, I want to move forward with the deal that you gave me on the rooftop. So this was, like, weird to me because I was just like, dude, no. (laughs) That's, like, not what happened. Yeah. Also, can I just say that these little giggles that she keeps inserting into this, it makes me cringe. It's really bad. So much. It's like when Taylor Swift laughs in her songs. Or when she, like, stares out at the, like, crowd. Yeah. Like, raising her eyebrow. (laughs) With, like, the red I love Taylor, lips. but it's I just cringy. But it's so cringy, and I yeah. don't understand why. I don't know if she thought it was, like, helping her case, but it wasn't. If you are in a situation where you feel your time, energy, mental, and emotional investment is being compromised or not compensated, do not stay there. Because let me tell you something, society and men and those that bow down to them will try to convince you that you are being crazy and that you are being greedy. Fuck them. Now let's talk about the friendship. And actually, I'm going to talk directly to you, Alex. 
That gave me goosebumps. You were my best friend. You knew what I went through with depression. You knew what I went through with mental health. And you enabled an enormous media conglomerate to completely destroy my life. In fact, you participated in it. You profited from it. For someone who advocates for therapy, your mother who is referenced endlessly, a licensed therapist, you still have the audacity to enable an entire hate campaign towards someone who has helped you in your lowest moments. Okay, hang on. This this was kind of out of left field for me bringing in the mom i was like no, no i'm like no, what no, does no, that no, even no. mean and i don't then, understand what that meant and later she says she like used her mom to get a blue check mark which you'll hear but hang on this is where i was like dude no and, and i in my head i'm like am i not remembering the situation correctly because i remember having like a deep respect for alex for specifically not like saying anything like a single thing negative about sophia they made that merch that was like cancel suit man, which was like a joke. Yeah. But I think they intentionally didn't do anything about Sophia. Like yeah. they could have made anti Sophia merch. I feel like that was a decision that Alex made. Like yeah. I bet, I bet what's his face? Portnoy is like, let's make all about yeah. it. Yeah. The mental health, like you knew that I had depression. I understand how Sophia could be like, you enabled this to happen. But I don't, I think that kind of Sophia has to take responsibility for the fact that this blew up. Alex had to do what she had to do to like clear her own name and make sure that she could maintain a career after this whole thing like blew over. Yeah. But I don't feel like Alex ever like actively participated in a hate or smear campaign. Maybe I'm remembering it differently. No, she never talked shit about Sophia on her podcast. She never like posted any like shade shady thing on Instagram. And it makes me so mad because I'm like Alex, even if Alex had said, you know, hey guys, don't be mean to Sophia, blah, blah, blah. Like fans are going to, and people are going to say what they want to say. Like there will always be Instagram trolls. There's always going to be people on social media, like shitting on people that are in the spotlight. So Alex never enabled anything. Like even if she had said, you know, hey guys, like take it easy. But I think she almost like by putting out her video and not talking shit about Sophia, I think that was her way of trying to be like, I don't. I don't need you guys to hate her for me. Like, yeah. here's my side. Let's just focus on this. And I mean, again, I can see why Sophia would put the blame on Alex, but it's just weird, like, that after five months of reflection, you can't see what your actions caused or contributed to this entire... Contributed. Contributed <laughs> to this entire situation and the position that you're in. I don't know. That, well, that rubbed me the wrong way, because I was like... Dude, Alex was honestly being a, kind of a chiller. And it made me mad that she said, you profited off of it. No, Alex just wanted to get back to her podcast, which right. is not a crazy ask. And so, like, did she profit off of it? I mean, yeah. Because yeah, she went back to her by job. Default. It's her job. It's not like she started a new podcast, like, anti-Sophia. Like, it's she just like went she back to her in, content. in the conference room with all the Barso people and said... And had the PowerPoint of anti-Sophia hate smear campaign. Like, that's just not what happened. It feels yeah. like that's what Sophia thinks. She just went back to her job. I don't think that's anti-Sophia at all. She wanted to get back to her podcast. That's very reasonable. If the roles are reversed, and I have thought about this a million times, I could have never done that to you. Ever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just want everyone to know this because you have been lied to. 
Even after everything, I still tried to make things work. I reached out to you numerous times to salvage what we had and you left me on red. May 20th, 1211, red. May 25th, 1158, red. Okay, I'm I'm feeling like there's a reason she doesn't read those text messages because she reads other text messages that she sent to Alex. Also, at a certain point, it was over. Like, at a certain point... There was no coming back. There was no coming back. You had made it clear, Sophia, that you were ready. You weren't going to do this. Like, and Alex had said this in her video. At a certain point, it became clear that Alex was not going to do anything but take the barstool deal, and Sophia was not going to do anything but shop around for another deal with another media conglomerate. Yeah. So, like, even if you tried to friendship or salvage the friendship or whatever you did here, like, it seems like it was pretty over, like... You both went through a lot, and I think probably Alex's perspective is, like, we didn't have to do this at all. Like, I didn't want to shop around. I was down to renegotiate the deal. Like, this blew up because of Sophia, in her perspective, I'm guessing. So, I don't want to be her friend anymore. And I'm sure that they had had every conversation, every argument had already been put out into the air at that point. So, it's like, at that point, you just keep having the same conversation over and over, and there's nothing else that you can say. So I don't blame Alex for not replying at all. It was never about the money. It was never about the deal points. Okay, well, you started this by saying that you only made 4%, so it was, it was like, solely about the money, it was actually. Ab- so the money was definitely the reason for all of this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, False. great. Yeah. Cool. Confirmed. <laughs> It was never about the IP. It was about who you are as a... No, but actually, I think I was about the IP, because that was the biggest point of the deal. Like, you you just, like, walked into Dave's office and said, give me the IP and more money, and then we're going to leave in six months. So that's weird. Interesting. I I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Human being. You wanted the spotlight. This isn't even the first time you tried to get me kicked off the show, and you know what I'm talking about. I hated that. Well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Tell us. Tell us. Like, it seems like, it seems like Alex was, I think if Alex could have kept Sophia on, even if they couldn't maintain the level of friendship that they had before, I'm speaking from opinion, Mm -hmm. but I think Alex would have done that. Of course. Because... They built the show together. And no offense, but her show sucks. Like, it's bad. Yeah. The show was the two of them. I like Alex more as a person. I, like, just in this situation, I think Alex kind of was the winner, and I I see her side more, but none of them won. No. Like, they both lost in this situation. Like, yeah, even if they weren't friends, she would have... It could have been a business thing. Yeah. You know, we're just going to be coworkers. We're not going to be friends, but let's produce a podcast that our fans love. Yep. I know exactly at what point we stopped being friends. In fact, I can tell you the exact date and time. This is the last conversation we ever had, and I'm going to read it to you word for word. April 30th, 1029 AM. You lied relentlessly for 14 months about a side deal you did behind my back with Barstool to me and others, including our own shared attorney. I think what she's referring to here is, I could be wrong, but I think it's when Alex went into Dave's office and said, I'm doing more work, so I'd like more money. Totally. And it was about, like, the edit. I'm I'm assuming. Like, I don't know what other deal this would have been. Yeah. Also, I think we should get a shared attorney. For sure. (laughs) I'll have my people call your people. (laughs) This is exactly the type of behavior that has cost you your best friends one after the other over the years. 
You will probably be too defensive to hear this, but I am going to say it anyway. Oh my god, this I part, love this, this part. part pops the fuck up. Everybody listen in, listen in. I add more value through my creativity than all of your editing hours combined. My value is more than 50%. Your skills are menial, mine are intangible. Your humor is written by others you betray. Like okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My skill is intangible. Your skills are menial. My creativity <laughs> is worth more than all of your editing hours combined. I, you guys. What the actual fuck do you mean, dude? This, this that was my the worst argument she could have made. I was actually really shook because she's reading a text that she sent to Alex. So yeah. At first, I was like, holy shit, dude, this is fucking intense and i thought she was just saying it to us as the podcast yeah how dare you say something like that let me just oh say God. i can't even imagine like i'm not trying to compare the wrong side to call her daddy but audrey and i have both edited our episodes and let me tell you it's a pain a lot in asshole. of work like you can ask anybody that's been around me like my parents like tom like everybody that's been around me when I'm editing this, like, it is stressful. It is not easy. And they produce, like, long episodes every single week, and they do Instagram content and YouTube content. Like, that is very stressful and a lot of time. So regardless of how creative you are, which I don't even think she brings a lot of creativity to the table, even if she was the most creative person alive, you cannot compare that to the hours and hours of editing. Like, it's just, you can't even compare them. And what's actually crazy to me is that she doesn't deny the fact that Alex does all of the <laughs> editing and editing. all of the social posting. Dude. Oh, God. Okay, so when we, when Emily and I would edit our podcasts, and now she actually, it's funny, like, we were afraid of this, so now she does more of the podcast and I do more of the social stuff, and mm -hmm. it's, like, nice and balanced. Yeah. But, like, both of us have edited the podcast, and... It doesn't take us super long. Like, we edit in the music. We edit in the music at the end. We cut out, like, if there's a lull or if we're saying like too much or something like that. But from what I understand about Call Her Daddy, they would cut it. Like, they probably made a cut every 10 seconds because they wanted it to be back to back, back and forth. Like, um, Alex had expressed how she wanted it to feel like a David Dobrik kind of YouTube vlog where mm -hmm. there's just so much going on and it never stops. And that takes so much time because you also have to make sure that in that, that you're getting the, the sound quality is good. Um, you have to make sure that like both voices are, you know, even in terms of volume, volume like there's a bunch pain. of technical shit. Yeah. Like we both know that. And hopefully you can know too, like editing is incredibly valuable skill. It's not menial in the slightest. It's not something that just anybody can do. And like even social media, yeah. even social media, social like media it takes is a, a long shit ton time. of work. Yeah. Continue. Your supposed former best friend, MILF Hunter. My humor is my own. To say you do more than me is a fucking joke and that you are so insecure about your talent that you want to measure yourself in editing hours and social media posts would be laughable if I didn't find it so pathetic. Dude, this that's that's super mean. I just I just and think that's really mean. So mean. Uh, I think I would measure myself in terms of editing and social because that is something to be very proud of that you put in that much work for and a podcast to be that successful. I want it to be clear here also. Sophia is essentially outing Alex for having like a script, a ghost, like writer. a ghostwriter or someone who writes her jokes, which is interesting to me because I thought that was like something that was known, but I thought that it was both of them had their jokes written for them and I didn't know how that worked but here's the deal like if Alex is doing all of the editing and all of the social then like 
if she needs a ghostwriter to support her because she's doing all the other shit... Why is that a bad thing? Why is that a bad thing? Like, I think Sophia might have thought this was going to be, like, this big revelation. Like, I don't actually care. Same. And it doesn't prove to me that you did... That Sophia did any more work. Yeah, I mean, it's like, even think of, like, late night talk shows. Like, do you think Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers write their own stuff? No. Like, everybody knows... Do you think they don't do work, though? Like, Exactly! Like, everybody... I don't know why she was, like, trying to out that as a big like bombshell because it's like when you're that successful and doing that much work and have that busy of a schedule of course you're not going to be writing all of your material right but that doesn't mean that people would look at jimmy fallon or seth myers and be like wow like they're fake like they're invaluable their skills are menial like no you just have to be very cautious and very strategic about what work you do do and the time that you have yep I don't care about the money. I care about the lying. You do. You, do. you do you care, do about, care the about the money. Just admit it. If you wanted, if you didn't care about the money, this wouldn't be a situation. Like that's the craziest thing for you to say. Oh, I don't know why and she I, keeps bringing that up. She started by saying I was only making four percent. Like so, just admit it's you wanted more money, and we would respect you for that. A hundred percent. If you want more money, like I understand being frustrated that you're making four percent of ten million dollars, but don't say you didn't care about the money. This that's is like crazy. the third time she said it. Yeah, it's bad. And text message. Oh, God. She's so Not close. only did you lie to my face about making more money, you justified it to millions of people by saying you did more work than me. Alex. Okay, so what's wrong with that? Like, she was saying her side. Say your side. Okay, what do you do? How is it not 50-50, if not more, on Alex's plate? She doesn't give any example of the work that she did other than she says, I write my own material and I'm creative. What does that mean? Dude, it's insane. It's actual insanity that she put this online. I know. Continue. Did you do more work? Yes. Yes. You convinced everyone you did the heavy lifting. Because she did. (laughs) You painted me as a lazy, unambitious puppet. But who are you? I saw you throw away Milf Hunter, your best friend of 12 years, for a couple thousand dollars. And he made you! He- okay, so, like, I'm gonna need more information. What did what, what was the $2,000 for? The like, if you want dollars? us to take your side, then give us the details, because Alex had a fucking notes Yeah, she brought the situation. Receipts. And she- Sophia just keeps <laughs> saying these empty things, like... You know what I'm talking about. Or, like, you did that for just a couple thousand dollars. Did what? Like, I actually want to give Sophia a chance, but this is just so poorly done. It is. It's... She needed a lawyer. Maybe she needs a ghostwriter. Maybe. T. Created you. Your jokes, your segments, your stories, your tweets, your Instagram comments and captions were all him. And you wouldn't even give him a dime for years. Where are the receipts, dude? Because I don't know what that means. I don't understand. Why would he anything. do all of that work for her for free? And I, and maybe he did, but I need to know what you mean because I, I have no information. And also guess who created both of you? Barstool. So I don't know why she's arguing like, Milf Hunter, your friend created you. He made you. No, Barstool made both of you. Yeah. So. Ugh, dude, this is, it's crumbling fast. Yeah. It's hilarious. You are the self-crowned gluck gluck queen. Bitch, that crown is plastic. Bitch, that <laughs> crown is plastic. I she almost, wrote that and she was so ready to I almost spill that tea. swerved off the road yesterday when I heard that. <laughs> I wrote that down in my notes. I said, bitch, that crown is plastic is the worst comeback or like dig I've ever 
like it, I it wanted hurt to me vomit. In my soul yeah. for that one. It is not real, and neither are you. We couldn't even go into the recording studio until you received your script. Why couldn't we do a live show? Why couldn't we do video? Because you read off of a script. I mean, yeah, but also because it would have been, like, it improved the quality. So why is that a bad thing? And, like, nothing was taken out of your time or pocket for her to have a script. Like, I get the frustration and feeling like, oh, I do all my own writing, but she has a script and we're being hindered by the fact that she needs a script, but... If it's what made your podcast successful. What are you doing all the in all the time that you're not writing your script or writing your joke, Sophia? If that's your if that's your take, if that's your defense, it just it doesn't make any sense. Would Jimmy Fallon go into the studio if his scripts weren't with him? No. No. It'd be an ass show and no one would listen and they wouldn't be a ten million dollar. Exactly. Okay. Are we all seeing the delusion now? No. I thought you could handle the editing considering you didn't write your own material and you had a ghostwriter the entire time. Again, so irrelevant. Like, Emily and I write a little outline before our pods. That probably takes 30 minutes. We don't write our jokes because we don't, like, you know, we're not a... Because we don't have jokes. Yeah, we're not funny. (laughs) But I have to imagine that literally editing an hour and a half long podcast the way that they did it probably takes like four hours if not more it would take me at least two and a half hours to edit our episodes yeah if i listened like all the way through and wanted to cut out everything that's the thing you have to listen to the whole thing like over and over and over again and their pods were like an hour long if like or 40 minutes or something and also they yell a lot in their episodes and like whenever we yell in ours adjusting the volume is (laughs) a nightmare nightmare. we're gonna be doing a lot of that (laughs) in this episode oh god the editing is the least you could have done no no spielberg fucking spielberg that one got me more than anything that might have been better than dude spielberg is a creative genius yeah you're (laughs) complimenting her like that over this before she just went on air and like recorded it and if anything this tells me that sophia has no idea what goes in editing nope this is what she's confirming to me yeah i wrote all of my own shit we are not the same you are a master manipulator you effortlessly lied to millions of people it's scary. All you care about is getting famous, and you don't care about who you need to step over to get there. I just want to know what Sophia says that the lies are. That like, I just feel like she just has all this anger, and... But it's all just, like, very vague detail. Like, she should have actually... I mean, she wrote this down clearly, but, like, did she think about it? I don't know. There were four people who built that show. Isn't it interesting how you are the only one left? Because you ruthlessly cut out all three of us. Okay, so what happened, Sophia? Fuck over anyone, your own mother, to get this is the thing. I was like, what? Check mark on Instagram. Explain. What does that mean? The difference between us is I am honest about every battle I face. You might so, be honest, but you're not explaining anything. You're not anything. telling us anything. You're not detailed. Like, I want to believe you, Sophia, but, like, this was a horribly put-together defense. can't even look in the mirror. And I Evidence know where? you can't keep my name out of your mouth. <laughs> I just watched your vlog. please, keep my fucking jokes out of your mouth. I hated that. What jokes? Like, I want to make some- I'm assuming that she's talking about, like, maybe Alex said something that Sophia, I don't know, like, maybe in her current pods, Alex is, like, doing stuff that Sophia did or took Sophia's jokes or something. Are but, they like, trademarked? But even if they're not, I could understand if Sophia was frustrated about that. But, like, 
What? What? What were the jokes? But if Alex has a ghostwriter, then then what? what? Oh my god. Very clear. No one is to blame for Alex and I's falling out apart from the two of us. So handle this no with her. No boyfriend yeah. and no man, for that matter, has ever made a decision on my behalf. I make all of my own decisions. I am the daughter of a okay. single... Okay. <laughs> this part was interesting to me because I understand, again, Sophia's perspective of, like, everyone's telling me that Suitman was, like, puppeteering my life and that's really fucking annoying because I make decisions for myself. Okay, well... <sighs> People who are being manipulated or influenced, not even just manipulated, but Suitman influenced your behavior. You would have never taken it this far if it weren't for Suitman in your ear saying industry standard, industry standard, change the terms, change the terms. Like, nobody accused her of Suitman making decisions for her, but everybody was saying he is influencing influencing you. Well, I will venture to say that a lot of people were saying that Suitman was, you know, had her puppeteering I'm doing puppeteering hands right now and so I and so that was kind of a public consensus so so for Sophia to come back and be like no he's not it's like well yeah of course you would say that because like of course you don't think that you are like influenced or manipulated but you're everybody's influenced by the people around them absolutely like to try to say that suit man like she could have just said like yes you know like had it not been for meeting him and like talking about industry standards but and then made an argument but she's just fully trying to say like my decisions were my own well yeah they might have been your decision but had he not come into the picture this never would have happened right and maybe there was a little bit of especially with the expansive extensive Suitman jokes from the Barstool side. Yeah. Like, that really did put, maybe push the narrative of, like, Sophia's just, like, this dumb bitch and, like, Suitman's just calling all the shots. I, I truly don't think that that's what was going on. I mean, again, I don't know, but just my opinion is that he was just, you know, whispering in her ear, feeding her what... And Ideas. it was beneficial for him, totally. a, in a business sense, to kind of represent these two $10 million girls. Absolutely. So... Yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Immigrant mother. Independence has literally been rooted in me since birth. Again, we are not the same. You guys heard me pour my heart out on that show for two years. If you thought for even a second I would let a man come between me and my friendships or my business, then you weren't listening. You You really were not listening. And believing a man has to help a woman to think for herself is misogyny 101, and I'm just not doing it anymore. I understand her frustration. I really do. But it's just like, how else do you... Then, How else then would tell this me have what happened. Yeah. yeah, like then tell me what really happened because how it, you started getting those ideas and it, how you started thinking. Oh, I want the IP and I want to renegotiate this and this and, and this. And how like, did you where get, do those ideas come? How from? How did you get the attorney? How did you get these new terms? Like these were all through Suitman. Come on, girl. I mean, <sighs> I want to wrap this up. And I already know that my ex-best friend and former employer, the dynamic duo that they are, have their loyal group of minions ready to unleash, have everyone sitting in that office already crafting stupid-ass memes about me, and shitty quality t-shirts. Keep them. I will never acknowledge your existence ever again. I am going to let you have the last word. You guys collectively tried to destroy not only my career and my reputation and me as a person, 
but it was designed to ruin the trust I had built with my listeners over the years so that the show could still succeed without me. It was a very calculated business plan. Nice try. Function of beauty. (sighs) I, it just wasn't. To me, it wasn't. That was a horrible ending. That was a horrible ending. And here's, I mean, okay, I know we've been recapping for a while, but man, did we ever have to do that? I feel, I feel relieved because I feel like we hit every single point, you know? Yeah, we needed that. We needed that structure. The thing that's crazy to me is if, if Sophia truly had a defense and if she, and she, she might, she didn't use it effectively here, I feel. No. Had she said things differently, had it been a more, a stronger defense, um, there might've been a case for Alex having to then come out and like, you know, have more of this debate, stool presidente coming out, blah, blah, blah. This was a horrible defense. I don't think that Alex needs to say anything. No, I'm so excited for next week to see if she'll mention it at all. But I, oh my God, it just made me mad because it would have benefited Sophia 10 times more if she would have just said her side of the story. But like, all she tell did me was word come for, for Alex. Day for day, like yep. what happened? Tell me where what your where your head was at. Yep. Tell what me what you were negotiating, what your intentions were, where those ideas came from. Because that's what Alex did. And yep. there was no like I, as angry as I'm sure Alex was too, like that that anger was for each other. Like in terms of your audience, like getting the trust of your audience, that didn't need to come to us. I would have loved to hear what Sophia had to say, what her perception of, like, if she would have done something like this with Alex's video, where she, Alex goes through the timeline, so watch Alex's video and then tell us where were you at that point, because that would have given me a clear picture. I mean, again, to recap, I do think this was just two people butting heads and couldn't agree on something for how their business was going to move forward, but I take, I take the side of Alex in terms of who I feel was in the right more. 100% Sophia's on the wrong side. Yeah. And I, it made me mad that Sophia tried to throw in so many personal digs towards Alex involving her mother, even though I didn't understand the, what she was talking about. But even saying like, oh, you lose all your best friends, you know, you cut them out of your lives, blah, blah, blah. I didn't like that at all. I thought that just made her look really Really immature. Yeah. Yeah. Super catty. Like Alex never came for her in her personal life and like said anything about her friendships or relationships or it's just so irrelevant to the situation. Like, it was a business issue. Yeah. So why are you bringing it? You gotta treat it like life? that. Yeah. And I have to acknowledge, too, like, Sophia definitely got sharded on in a way 100%. that probably wasn't... Fun. Fun or even, like, deserved. deserved. Yeah. Totally. Like, so I, that's why I keep saying, like, I understand her anger and I don't want to, like, sit here and be like, Sophia's a dumb bitch because I don't think that way. I just think she fucked up. Like, I think, I think her- she made a genuine bad decision yeah. over and over and over again and she cannot come back from it because she doesn't have a defense. And this was her big debut. This was her massive chance to tell her story and the fact that she handled it like this is just going to backfire ten yeah. times more because I'm like, this was your episode to really come forward and bring the receipts and say, here's what I did. Here's what I proposed to Dave here's what Alex did to me. Like, I think she tried to do that with the text message, but it, that wasn't what we needed. It was really, really bad. It was poorly done, dude. And then it just, I mean, we're not, we don't need to spend any more time on this, but <laughs> I we will. Have, but you know what? I'm glad because it this, was is necessary. The only, this is the only time we get to be together yeah. until who knows when. And so if this podcast is two hours long, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. Like people can like take a long drive. And then yeah, we'll the, only, the timestamps. 
Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. And the only other thing about this episode that you need to know, like, that was the majority of the episode, but the rest of the episode, you guys, is even more oh of a god, train it, it takes a turn. wreck. She tells everybody, she goes, I have no idea what this podcast will be about. I need you guys to tell me. And at first That's I thought, so bad. it's so bad. At first I thought she was going to say like, this I'm just going to base it about my life. And like, you guys can, you know, send me ideas for what you want me to cover. What That's a horrible totally different. way to change the narrative about you being a lazy piece of shit. I know. She like, the way that she could have spun it again, could have been like, I'm just going to cover what I'm doing in my life, but I'm open to suggestions. But she straight up said, I, don't know I have no is. idea. I'm going to need you guys to tell me. That, I mean, and then she makes like some suicide jokes. She makes some Which jokes about so fertility, bad. like all of the things that like you shouldn't talk about. The like two she topics, talks about. The two topics she covers are the pressure to get pregnant around <laughs> her age. She's 28. And then how she used to shoplift. In her hometown of Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. It's so bad. It, like, and that part made me, like, just feel bad for her. I know. And what like, the hell Ugh. is she going to cover? And she said she was going to bring her family members on. And her exes. Oh, my God. You know what? I think she can maybe turn it around. Like, there's plenty of people who are Team Sophia and who think Alex is, like, a fake bitch. And as much as I wanted to, like, touch on those, like, we've been talking for far too long, so yeah. I'm just not going to. But, like... It'll be interesting to see where this podcast goes. There's a lot of people who think that Alex is just, like, molds to be who she's around, that Sophia is, like, the heart of the show, and, like, Sophia is actually someone they prefer to listen to more. So, I mean, I think she's... Like, we said this last time, like, she can go on and have a great career, and she'll be fine. Totally. So, it's fine, but in terms of this situation, who was on the wrong side? Sophia. Sophia. To me. To me. Well, 100%. Others might same. say Alex, and that's fine. I... I I don't want, I want this to be very clearly, like, we're not going to be shitting on any women on this podcast in a way that's, like, about who they are as a person. I just think here, She's so on the wrong side. Also, She's so on the wrong side. She's so on the wrong side. But let me just say, her company name didn't help her at all. Salute Media. Salute Media. It hurts. And I liked how in her podcast, this is the last thing I swear, she said at one point, she goes, I'm really trying to, like, watch my mouth and watch my language. And so I'm saying, oh, my gosh, instead of, oh, my God. And I'm saying, salute instead of slut. And then in the whole podcast, she's like, so fuck you, Allison. Fuck your fake fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? That, it just doesn't add up. Nothing she did was legitimate because she just kept contradicting herself. Uh, yeah. And that's that on that. Guys, tell us what you thought. I mean, <laughs> obviously, we you know where we stand, but if there are some, like, Team Sophias, I want to hear about it. I and, really do. And, you know, if Alex comes out next week, you bet your sweet ass we're going to be covering it again. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, guys, are you still with us? We're so, we didn't expect for that to take a full hour, but we needed it. I needed it. Like, I, needed. I had to put that out into the universe. It was therapeutic. I, I couldn't handle my anger and my, my feelings. I needed to get it out there. This is what the podcast is was all about. Let's move on to our next topic. We had a lot of people ask us to do a little recap our thoughts on the new Netflix original, Emily in Paris, not Emily Jones. Although I did go to Paris when I was 16, and I'm going to try to find a picture of me <laughs> in front of the Eiffel Tower with cargo shorts and, like, drafted into a tweet, because I I would I do feel honored that I did inspire part of the show. You did. Oh, no, 100%. Mm-hmm. Emily in Paris follows Emily, a driven 20-something American woman from Chicago who moves to Paris for an unexpected job opportunity. She is tasked with bringing an American point of view to a venerable French marketing firm. Now, 
let's just put this out into the open. I finished the show. Emily's like four to five episodes in, which is fine. I'm not judging. I understand. Um, we're going to give our thoughts at the end. I do have some spoiler thoughts that Emily has given me permission to share. So we will give you the spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear like how it ends, we'll let you know. Okay. Where should we start? Okay, so I, one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about is who do you think this show is for in terms of audience? Because in the first four episodes, I was so confused. Like, who are they trying to target? Because I think they were trying to target a young audience, like girls, like 15 to 20. But I think it's, it's not backfiring because it's not a bad thing. If you have an audience, that's a, a great thing in general. But I think it's attracting like older women. I think it's attracting... Okay, well, what's interesting is, like, this probably wasn't created in corona times because I don't know about you, but I'm watching every single Netflix original that comes out because of corona because I have nothing else to do. But when I'm thinking about how it was initially um, created and who it was created for, probably 20-somethings and and younger, like, people... Like, when I was 13, I watched Gossip Girl, which was, like, 18 to 20-year-olds because you like to, like, look at people older than you. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because I've seen it a lot on Facebook, like moms on Facebook and not as much on Instagram yeah, and like TikTok, which I just thought was interesting. So that's like the first thing that I wanted to bring up. But I do think it's all the rage. Like everybody's talking about it. Everybody's watching it. It's good for women. One on Netflix. Yeah. Which is insane. Let's talk first about the outfits because it was created by the same person that wrote Sex in the City. Yes. And it's very Carrie Bradshaw vibes. It's Mm -hmm. camp to... The maximum. I mean, they weren't good outfits, but they were fun to look at, right? Totally. I mean, it didn't anger me. I think that was a controversial item was the outfits. Yeah. The berets. The berets. Oh, my God. And what's that kind of... What's that fabric? Oh, fuck. What's it called? Houndstooth? There's houndstooth around every corner where it's like... I'm just going to have to show you a picture if you don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Houndstooth. Just... We'll find... Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Storyline. It was weak. It was so weak. It was a weak storyline. I don't actually particularly care for Emily that much. Um, I mean, obviously there is an element of unrealisticness. Totally. But, like, I mean, she's in Paris, so, like, it's fine. And here's my thing with the storyline is that when I watch shows, I need to... I need there to be cliffhangers, and I need there to be something at the end of the episode where I'm like, I need to go into the next episode. And I think that's why I only made it through four episodes. Like, will I finish it? Yes, because it's just sort of a feel-good show, but I was not eager to get to the next episode because of the lack of storyline. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's more of, like, a feel-good, like, it's almost supposed to be, like, a sitcom vibe where, like, you could just watch. There's, like, a storyline, but you could just... Well, no, it's not a sitcom at all, actually. I mean, there is a storyline... It was just a weak storyline. It was boring. Um, for a second, I thought that her and Camille were going to be, like, a couple or yeah. something. But also, I think it's because there was a Netflix tweet that was, like, which, like, love triangle do you like the most? And, like, it was a picture of her and Camille and her and Gabriel and Gabriel and Camille. So, it was, like, do her and Camille start, like, getting it on? Like, I'm down. <laughs> like, what's happening here? Yeah. Okay, now, speaking of relationships, <clears throat> Lily Collins um, looks really young. I know where you're going with this. 
you googled her age. Well, I know, and everybody saw that. I googled her age. She's actually thirty-one, which I was not expecting. And I she's wasn't ready playing for that. a twenty. I think she's she's aiming for like a twenty-six-year-old vibe, like our age, twenty. Yeah, and she can pull it off. She can. But why are they giving her romantic flames that are 40, 45, You know, you know, they have their wrinkles. They have yeah. their suits. Like Antoine is so old looking and I was really confused by that I was actually like what's going on is this going to be like a predatory situation because I thought she was like a 22 year old in this show yeah they could have done a much better job with casting they did a great job with her but everybody else I thought could have been a little better but again it's all it all comes back to the storyline she dates like 18 men which like power to her but if they're gonna like make this character like a really sexy character like I need to not feel like she's 15. Like, Yeah, it makes me feel weird watching <laughs> Makes it. me feel really weird. Makes me want to call the cops. The vibrator scene. <sighs> that one hurt me. That one was hard to watch. That one was really fucking... I had to look away. Wait, and one quick comment. <laughs> <laughs> I had to... I had to turn the left... Shut my laptop. Tip it down. The thing that... Um, I forgot to mention this when you were like, you know, it was very stereotypical, like, French life, like, life in Paris. And apparently a lot of French people are pissed off about, like, Which, the way it was portrayed. 100%. I, I saw that too. coming. Yeah. But then I thought about it, and think about shows like Friends, where it's based in New York, but it was filmed in LA. Okay, so yep. fake. And, like, the life that they portray in New York couldn't be like it, it's very stereotypical but it's like wow they have this huge apartment and like they're living yes. this new york life like that's not real new york life so no i think that got way more attention than it should have of like wow like that's not real life in paris like that's not what it's supposed to be about no but it was also really weird because so france or and, and specifically paris but france and like the culture of france was a character in the show, you know, like, yeah. that is a key, they're always talking about, well, that's not what we do in France, that's not how the French do it, that's not how it, we do it in Paris, but, like, it did seem to speak, like, they were making a lot of, what's the word, stereotypes, presumptions about French people, I mean, I think it, they could have been way more nuanced, nuanced about it, like, they were so in your face of, like, this is how the French do it, we're all assholes, and we all don't talk to each other, and we hate you, I mean, I'm sure there's some truth to that, but I can totally understand how French people would see that and be like, bitch, what the fuck? And she definitely looks, <laughs> she looks like the hero in all of it. Like, this American girl is like, she looks like the better person in okay. comparison to the French people. But here's a scene. Did you get to the part where she meets Gabriel for the first time? Yes. And she orders the steak, and she's like, this steak isn't done, and then she's like, I'm gonna send it back, and she sends it back, and then Gabriel comes out, and he's like, the steak is done, try it. And she's like, no, it's not. Like, you need to cook it longer. Like... That made her an asshole. Like, we, nobody would even do that in America. <laughs> and we're supposed to think that that was, like, a cute little, like, quirk. I was like, no. No, me and James were watching, and he was cringing. He, he can't <laughs> handle those moments. And he was like, oh, my God. Oh, it hurts. It physically hurts. So, yeah. I mean, it was things like that where it was just, like, if this had been more nuanced, if they had written this with the intention of, like, showing the way that France is different than American culture, which was what they were trying to do, but I feel failed... But also showing what's beautiful about French culture. Like, the only time where I was like, oh, that's cool, was the part where that guy with the thin hair, I forget his name, but he's like, you Americans live to work, we work to live. And I was like, cool, I like that. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, that is an American thing. And it doesn't make one culture look bad and the other look good. It's just like, here's how we're different. Acknowledging it. Yeah. 
I don't know. I felt like they were shitting on the French a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm like, like, we got to tone that down. I was like, I like France. We can't just, like, be romanticizing France and, like, oh, these buildings and these outfits and this architecture, but then be like, oh, but all the people are assholes. They suck. Because that's not true. Yeah. I did like that they filmed it in Paris. I did, too. That was important. And all of the actors are French, or most of them. Oh, really? Yeah, so, like, um, the girl... Oh, fuck, I forget all of the I names. No, I'm so bad The girl who plays names. the boss is French. All the people that work in her office are actual French actors. Gabriel's Aww. a French actor. Um, Camille's a French actor. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I thought that was really fucking cool. Oh, I have to say, I did some research on this, because when, I've, when I started watching this show... I mean, Netflix has so many different shows that I don't think there is you know, a type of Netflix content because there is so much content, but something about this show just didn't seem like the other Netflix series that I've watched. Like, I don't know if it was a structure or the storyline or what. So I was doing some research and it was actually supposed to be through Paramount Network Mm -hmm. and then Netflix bought it. And so I was like, okay, maybe that's just interesting to point out, but it's not like a Netflix original. So maybe that's why the storyline sucked so much. True, but that's (laughs) the case for a lot of Netflix originals where they just buy it. It doesn't mean they had any any input in the yeah, production. Yeah, true. I don't know. Point. I just thought that was interesting. You tried. You, I tried. Like, yeah. listen, it was. I'm just trying to give an explanation for why the storyline <laughs> sucked. Yeah, it's really bad. Really, yeah. really cringy. The cringeworthiness is there. But it's interesting because I... So I like to, like, have the TV on in the background while I work. And normally it's, like, friends or something where I can just tune it out, but it just makes me feel less alone. 100%. And um, I had, like, gotten up to work, turned it on because I was like, oh, this seems like a good background show. And, like, ten minutes in, I was like, wait, this is kind of cute. Like, I want to watch this. And so I turned it off because I was getting distracted. And I couldn't, like, stop paying attention to it, even though I, like, really didn't like it. So there's definitely qualities about it that that were good. I posted on my personal story where I gave it, like, a four out of ten. And I was like, this was an objectively bad show, but I will be watching the second season, which is true. (laughs) Which is how I feel. And everybody responded and they were like, wait, it was bad? Like, I was going to watch this? Like should I not? And I'm like, I mean, I watched the whole thing. So clearly I liked it, but I don't know. Yeah. I, it had such a unique quality about it because it really isn't a great show. If you just look at it on paper, if you were to hand me the script. Exactly. And I think it's great timing. I don't know if they were planning to launch it at this time or if they were like, oh, we got to get this done to launch during Corona because also genius to be like, hey, this is filmed in Paris. Like, totally. here's Paris. Here, people escape are like, to Paris Yeah, because people are so thirsty and desperate to travel. So I think that also like filled a void for people. But I have to say, I saw a lot of tweets that were cracking me up from actual like writers that are trying to get the TV shows <laughs> produced. And they were like, so annoyed because they're like, why can't I sell my pilot I mean, to you anybody? Have it pulled up? No. Oh, well, one of them was like, oh, Emily in Paris decided or inspired me to write my pilot because they'll make anything. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah, they were like, I finished writing my pilot after watching the show. <laughs> and in that case, like from a just a viewer standpoint, like I'm not mad that the show is trash. Like I'm not like let down or disappointed because it's content and it's in Paris and it's enjoyable to watch. It's a feel good show. But if I were a content creator and like a writer trying to get my show bought by a network, <laughs> I'd be pissed. Totally. I'd be like, this is number a, one on Netflix right now. There's a lot that about the show that would piss a lot of people off. Yeah. It's 100%. controversial in that way. It is. But it's not on the wrong side. It's not that controversial. No. 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 The berets are on the wrong <laughs> the side. Beret, the hound's tooth is on the wrong <laughs> side. Um, so I want to get into the spoiler. So spoiler Yeah, you alert, cover the ending. If you don't want to know the ending, then hop off. 
the pod. I step out of the car. <laughs> That'd be so funny, actually. No, don't do it. Because I want you to... I want to... I want to hear I'm it. telling Emily the ending. It's not, like, some revelation, but Emily in Paris. Yeah, not I was Emily like, Jones. Emily, okay. Emily in Paris <laughs> um, cheats, or has sex with Gabriel, who's cheating on Camille. And then, like, that's how the season ends, where she's like... Well, how are we supposed to, like, they had sex? Because Gabriel got his, he, like, bought a restaurant back in his hometown, so he was going to break up with Camille, right? Yeah. So he was going to, like, leave the next day. So then Emily was like, fuck, I want to, like, we have to do this, you know? But he's, like, still with Camille. But Camille's like, we might break up because I'm not going to move there, and he's moving there. That's how it ends? So they have sex. Well, here's how it ends. They have sex. They're like, haha, like, not even feeling remorse. Because he literally cheated on Camille, and Emily is, like, backstabbing her best friend, who was nothing but kind to her, right? Yeah. But then, the next day, um, Antoine actually buys the restaurant for Gabriel, so Gabriel's staying. So that's, like, the big, that's the big thing, like, oh, how are they going to deal with this in the next season? So there's for sure going to be another season. I mean, probably. They set it up that way. And it okay. seems like it, there will be. Finally, a cliffhanger. I don't know. Maybe they already Finally. recorded it. Yeah. Last episode is the cliffhanger I've been waiting for. But, like, Emily, that's an asshole move, girl. Emily in Paris. <laughs> I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't cheat. I didn't do anything bad. So, I was upset. Because if you're going to, like, fuck over Camille, then make Camille a bad character. But they made Camille, like, the best character. Like, I like Camille more than I liked Emily. So it's a feel-good show, but <clears> then they end it by making us pissed off. Essentially. Great. That makes me not even want to watch the rest of it. No, you should. I mean, it's good to have in the background, so maybe when you're, like, doing nothing all day, you can... (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that ending at all. I mean, I'll watch it and see how... Maybe I'll feel different, but... I mean, you don't have to. Like, I told you it. Like, that's pretty much what happened. Were you happy with it? Like, how did you feel at the I was annoyed. I was like, bitch, what the fuck? And that's why I knocked down a couple ratings on my Instagram story. 100%. I'd take off three stars just for that kind of behavior. I we do not condone that. We don't condone that. So the show is not on the wrong side, but Emily is. But not me. Emily is on the wrong side. Yeah, 100%. That's yeah, shit. Yeah, Emily and That's Paris shit behavior. Yeah. EIP. 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 Okay, guys. Well, my throat is dry. My and stomach is are, growling. Our stomachs are are taking over the podcast. We have two new hosts and they're <laughs> our stomachs. They're growling so loud right now. But thank you so much for joining us. This was a very special episode for both of us. Me and Emily are looking lovingly into each other's eyes right now, feeling sad that we'll never get to do this. Smiling ear to ear and also Again. feeling depressed that next week will suck. Yeah, I'm so sad. But I had fun. I'm so glad we had a good topic for this episode. And just thank you so much for joining us. It's been so fun, you guys. And we hopefully we can get Audrey up to Spokane and then we'll be able to do more in-person episodes. Yeah. Or we'll just move in together. Hopefully not for me. Hopefully not. Move in together. Oh, no. Just going to Spokane. Oh. But we can get Jacob's job up. Oh, my God. Our stomachs. Okay, we're signing off. We're going to go get sushi. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.